This is, I, I, I don't want to say it's a non-negotiable because that sounds really intense, but try it for a day and you'll feel like you're fucking superwoman, superhero, superman, super whatever. Like it is, it, this is the biggest game changer in my entire life. Welcome to the Life Coach Baker podcast. I'm Nicole Baker, life coach for perfectionists who want to set goals and actually follow through with them. I went to my first personal development seminar at the age of one. Yes, I was quite literally born into this industry. But by 15, I started to implement this mindset mumbo jumbo I'd heard so much about and it worked. As a recovering perfectionist myself, I've been able to set goals that are way out of my comfort zone and achieve them by doing things imperfectly, without self-judgment, and without the fear of their opinions. And now I help others to do the same. So if you are capital D done feeling like a hostage to this a-hole called perfectionism, then this show is for you. My goal is for you to leave each episode with tactical action steps that you can start to implement in your life now. I may be in my 20s. I may have the voice of a sassier Cinderella, but I've been doing this personal development-ish since I was a toddler. So let's dive in. What is up, my sweet friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast. Today on the show, I am pulling from another audience submission topic, if you will. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, a few weeks ago, I went over to my email list and I said, hey, I'd love for you all to submit topics for the Life Coach Baker podcast. And in return, uh, you get entered into a raffle to win a free spot and goal smasher. And while the raffle has closed and the submissions have closed as well, you guys went above and freaking beyond with submitting podcast topics. I mean, like I went through them the other day and I was like, I probably have a good like 100 plus to pick from. The wonderful thing, and I love seeing this, is that there's definitely a few overlaps. There's definitely some things where people are like, oh, I want to hear about this and oh, also this. And someone's like, I have the same things and all of that stuff. So that really helps me a whole lot. So even though submissions are closed, if you guys ever have topics that you'd want to hear on the podcast, or if you're like, I love this book, I'd love to hear you do a book review on it or something like that. We have a few of those coming up, by the way. Um, I'm more than happy to do those. I love doing that kind of stuff and hearing what you guys want to hear, because that's really what all this podcast and stuff's about. It's not just for me to talk into a microphone for an hour that I would literally lose my mind if that was the only thing behind it. It's for you guys to get this information. And of course, I want to do, I want to share topics that you guys want to hear about. And so today was a topic that, like I said earlier, was was really across several boards. It was um, one that I saw a few times over and over again, like our little money series that we did just recently. That was actually not so little. It ended up being three parts. Um, But this one I kept seeing over and over and over again, and that is productivity, how to be productive, how to utilize prime hours, which you guys have heard me talk about a little bit on the show. We're going to dive into them more today. And what are my favorite tips, tricks, utilizations of productivity. And of course, because it's me, we're going to dive into some science, some neuroscience, some studies, all that good stuff. Because to be honest, there's there's some a few of these that are more my experience, some things that I've learned, but all of them were things that I've heard from studies, from research, from books, from um, other podcasts and stuff like that. And then I just kind of threw them together and made them my own. But I'm going to also throw in a few that typically I don't necessarily do. 
but that I've seen work really well for other people. So we're going to dive into five tips for productivity in just a few seconds. But of course, before we dive into the topic, we're going to do our quick little segments, which is number one, how the heck was I imperfect this week? Again, we do this every single week because I'm so tired of the perfection of people in the media, um, podcasters only sharing their wins and not sharing their struggles, and um, people on Instagram and other social media sites pretending like their lives are just so perfect. Now, whether that's consciously or unconsciously doesn't really matter, but one of the things I love about being a coach for perfectionists or for recovering perfectionists is... I love sharing what my imperfections are with you guys. If I was perfect, I would literally say, don't listen to me. Like, (laughs) no one's perfect. So it would just be such a ruse. I love hearing from other people in the personal development world, whether they're huge, huge, huge bigwigs or they're like medium or they're a little bit smaller. It doesn't freaking matter. I love hearing about times where they um, messed up or times where they're, they were human and not just these freaking robots that a lot of personal development people like to kind of throw themselves at. And so um, that's where this, this really came from. For a weekly peek behind the curtain, here's how I was imperfect. And like most times, all of our imperfection moments – Um, which are basically every moment of the day, come with a little bit of a lesson. And I'm learning this more and more, the more and more that I share my imperfections, because to be honest, about a year ago, this would have terrified the crap out of me to peel back the curtain this much. Or if I was, I was going to make it a little bit more like, like in the box or something like that, because being vulnerable was a really scary topic for me. And um, actually, another podcast submission topic was perfectionism and vulnerability. And for that one, y'all know I am studying Brene Brown like it is my job. <laughs> like, um, But that's not going to be this week. That'll be an upcoming episode. But one of the things that I loved from learning this research is there is no way to be perfect And by embracing your imperfections, that is a huge realm of vulnerability. And vulnerability is terrifying. I know Brene Brown talks a lot of how vulnerability is the ultimate sign of courage. And um, I'm not over here being like, be true, the brave of heart, Gryffindor. We like, I'm not over here like toss tossing my hair. But what I'm saying is little by little, I started opening up my courage muscle a little bit more. And it got really scary at first. I wanted to throw up a few times. It was terrifying. But now it's kind of one of those things I really enjoy doing. And so here we are on our weekly vulnerability purge. Um, And today I'm talking about the way I was imperfect this week. And that is um, a few days ago, I started feeling this weird... Uh, um, like vertigo. I'm going to call it vertigo. Um, Monday morning, I woke up and I like turned to the side and it was like the whole world like spun on its axis. And I was just like, what the uh, is going on? And it was kind of like a few moments of like just true dizziness. And I looked over at my my fiance and I was like, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) I was like so scared. And he was like, you know what? It might be a migraine. Like just sleep it off. And I'm like, my head doesn't hurt. And he's like, I I don't know. Like, he was so sweet. He, like, took such good care of me. Um, but I just was like, you know what? It's probably a migraine. Like, whatever. We'll figure it out. Um, but then I woke up later on in the week, and the same thing happened. And this time I was – here's where I get to be imperfect. 
This time I was like, no, I am like, I'm not letting this ruin my day. I have a really fun day ahead of me. I'm really excited. I want to get up. So I stand up and I kid you not, I fall into the window. (laughs) But that's not where she stopped, folks. I then went upstairs. I grabbed my coffee. It's 530. It's my favorite time of day. And I'm sitting there on the couch and I almost fall over again. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Something does not feel right. And I had this like internal tennis match of like, am I, and this is, oh God, this is like a perfectionism at its finest. It was like, am I being just dramatic? Like, should I keep going? Like, why is this happening? Like, I'm really annoyed. Is this mind over matter? Can I mindset my way out of this? No, you can't, folks. This is your body literally saying things. And finally, I was like, okay, you practice, like, I kind of had to give myself a little bit of a coaching. I was like, you practice what you preach. You right now are leaning way more into your perfectionist self than your true self. You get to be a real human. Go lay the fuck down. And so I turned out all the lights. I laid down on the couch because I was afraid to go back downstairs. And I like laid down. I was like, okay, we're going to be right here. It's going to be fine. And I just ended up laying there and just with my eyes closed and just laying there with a little bit of like stewing, like I can't believe this is happening again. What's going on? Luckily, after I started to calm down a little bit, my fiance woke up, he came upstairs and he very sweetly brought me downstairs and brought me a little water, smoothie, coffee, all my normal things. Shout out to that man. He is the most amazing human being on the planet. I cannot believe I get to marry him. Ugh. I'll I'll gush into into a microphone another day about my fiance, but it this is a mini gush. I love him a lot. He's really really great. And um I ended up like laying down and going back to sleep. And by the time I woke up, I called my mom and I was like, "Well, I don't know what's going on. Like, what do I do?" <laughs> Basically, cuz that is my my medical ex- expertise is call mom. I don't know. <laughs> like <laughs> And so I called her and she was like, hey, like, have you heard of this? I can't even pronounce the the thing. It's so many words and I could not, I will butcher them. But um, I started looking it up on like Mayo Clinic and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, this sounds about right. And of course, my brain before I like actually started doing the Google searching was like, you have a brain tumor and you're gonna die or this is cancer and like all these like really hyper dramatic things that I was just going down a rabbit hole. I know you guys have been there. I know I'm not alone. I'm going down this rabbit hole and finally she like pulls me out of it and I'm like, oh wait, this is actually really not very serious. You just have to do a few exercises and eventually it will pass. Luckily now I am just laying in bed. I'm I'm keeping it chill, but I was just cackling at once I kind of like came to uh, in the morning, I was just cackling. Wow, what a good lesson for me in releasing control. And this is where I really want you all to listen. Because so often, we as perfectionists, recovering perfectionists, people with perfectionism from years and years and years ago that creeps up like a troll under the bridge can feel this, I need to be in control. I need to be in the driver's seat. And if I'm not, I'm instantly stressed or I'm instantly unhappy or I'm instantly angry. And I was having a lot of that this morning. I was not in the driver's seat. I was so excited for my day. And unfortunately, this just came up and I was like, 
I, I was immediately ripped out of the driver's seat and I could not be in control anymore. And I got stressed. I got angry. I got mad at my body, my body that keeps me alive, that keeps my heart beating, that is literally a miracle on this planet. And I know that's really like heady stuff, but I'm serious. That's how I look at it. We are all like one in 90 billion. I don't know the exact words, but it's, it's with a B. It's some number with a B. like chances of being alive on this planet. And yet here we are. And here I was just cursing my body for, for feeling dizzy. And I was like, wow, okay, this is, this is me just needing to learn how to release a little bit. And once I did that, I literally felt my shoulders drop. I felt my breath come back in. I felt the joy of today, even though I am literally in bed recording a podcast episode because it's been a few hours and I haven't felt dizzy and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. But I'm, I'm, I'm really wanting to highlight this because so many of us need to take this pill and I'm not going to say it is a one and done magic pill you are releasing once and then you're happy guru pants for the rest of your life. This is not like going to the gym, doing one sit up and suddenly you have a six pack. This is a daily conditioning. And here's the best part. It's easy to do when things are good. It is so easy to do when things are going hunky dory and you're like, oh, look at me releasing into the universe. Wee! When things are hard, survival mode kicks in. When survival mode kicks in, our subconscious mind goes haywire. It immediately hops into the driver's seat. We do not make conscious decisions when we are in survival mode, at least not as easily, nowhere near as easily. So when we are in that place of things are hard, it is even more important for us to practice and flex this muscle. Release. You do not need to be in control all the time. And you know what? We're going to need to learn this lesson a lot. It is not a one and done scenario, but the more and more you flex it, the more and more easily it is to fall into the space. And I'm very fortunate to have been flexing this for numerous years now that when this happened this morning, it took a few hours, but it definitely got to the point where I was like, oh, wait. And then I was immediately able to fall back into it. But when I first started, I was like, journaling about it. I was having to like write for days. Sometimes it took like 24 hours for the message to sink in. It's not immediate. And a lot of people feel like if they don't do it in like five seconds or less, then it's like, oh, nope, didn't work. Okay, I'm just going to go back to feeling however I was. And that doesn't work. You got to keep trying. You got to keep conditioning this, this new muscle because it's totally different from feeling like you need to be in the driver's seat all the time. I probably will do a whole episode on this someday, but I just wanted to give you all a little teaser and give you all a little bit of a nugget of wisdom. You do not need to be in control. In fact, right now, wherever you are, unless you're driving, I'd love for you to like close your eyes even for just two seconds and just practice releasing control. If you're driving, try it with your eyes open. It might be a little bit more difficult, but try it. Why not? Just release. Now, I've said this a few times, and perfectionists who love strategy, who love step one, step two, step three, are like, what the fuck does that mean, Nicole? Just release? I don't know how to do that. Like, what's step one? Do I take a breath? I don't know. Here's the deal. That thing that you're gripping onto, is it a goal? Is it a person who's not being the way you want them to be? Is it your day falling apart? Is it your email inbox overflowing? Is it your to-do list taking over? Whatever it is, 
I want you to imagine you're almost holding it like a like a box or a squishy ball. Let's do a squishy ball. I want you to imagine you're holding it like a squishy ball and you're sinking your claws into it. You're like you're almost making like fingernail marks into this ball. You're gripping onto it so hard. And I want you to imagine just slowly releasing the ball. Just try it out. See what happens. I want you to think about that ball being that thing. Maybe it's your to-do list, for example. To-do list, I want you to imagine you're strangling it. Your fingernails are sunk into it. And just imagine releasing it. That is what I'm talking about here. If the visual helps, amazing. If you can just do it by feeling amazing, neither one is better than the other. But just practice this. This is really important stuff. Now, of course, we always do goals to celebrate or small goals, big goals, big wins, little wins, teeny tiny wins, doesn't matter. But we always have a segment of small goals we're celebrating because we are so bad at celebrating ourselves, so incredibly bad. And we're so good at accomplishing something or ticking something off the list and saying, okay, well, that didn't like um, burn me out. So that wasn't me working hard enough. So it's not worth celebrating. What's next? What's next? Oh, that thing's going to make me happy. Let me go after that. Then I'll celebrate. You achieve that. Oh, that wasn't enough. That was, I didn't work hard enough. I'm going to go to the next thing. You, you get the picture here. Especially you high achiever types, which productivity, hello, this is for you. Those high achiever types, it is so important to celebrate yourself. All my clients, whenever anything, even little, big, a step towards their goal happens, I always ask them, how are you going to celebrate? And the first few times I ask this, they're like, uh, I don't know, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, uh, go get coffee. Was going to get coffee already on your to-do list for the day? Yeah. Great. Choose something else. A celebration is not your to-do list. Let that sink in, please. But it's so important to celebrate ourselves. So I'm going to take a moment and celebrate two different things today. Number one, a few of you guys have reached out to me regarding the wedding stuff. Thank you so much. You are all so incredibly sweet. Yes, things are going better. We still do not have our venue locked in, but we are in contract negotiations. And to be honest, this is one of the first times I've ever negotiated a damn contract in my life. When I first did this, I was like, like, what do I do? What do I say? And now it feels really, really normal. It feels really fun. I don't know if fun's the right word, but it feels it feels easier. And I'm celebrating that. I'm celebrating the fact that not only are we in contract negotiations with a venue we love, we're so excited, and we get to keep one of the houses that um, we were originally planning on doing our wedding at. However, things fell through and we weren't able to do the physical celebration there. We're still able to keep the whole family there together, though, for the week, which is really, really, really important to us. Plus, the house has a zip line. I mean, can you imagine on the wedding day, me in a white dress, just on the zip line. To be honest, that is truly all I want. I'm like, get married, yes, absolutely. But a zip line, yes. I'm kidding. I'm really excited to get married. But um, I'm really excited that that's making its way forward. And as it is, it does feel like other vendors are falling into place because here's what they don't tell you about wedding planning, especially right, you know, during a sweet old pandemic, if you will. Um... First of all, since 2020, which my heart so goes out to 2020 brides and grooms and everything in between, I'm just, oh God, um, because so many people pushed back to 2021, a lot of people who were in 2021 suddenly pushed back to 2022. 
as you can imagine, people who are doing 2022 have pushed back into 2023. So vendors are even starting to book up for 2023, which is when we're getting married. And we started looking at this and we're like, okay, like we're going to want to do the big kahunas first, like make sure those things are all kind of falling into place. And I'm not going to lie, it added this little element of like, go, go. And it was just a hilarious little marathon we tried to run. We have since stopped trying to run that marathon. We're very much like making money moves towards it, but to stress ourselves out in planning this wedding is not helping anyone. Anyone who else is anyone else who is planning a wedding, you need to hear this as well. I want to look back on this example or on this experience and say, wow, how enjoyable was that? How much fun was that to plan this day that is so special in our lives? And I noticed I was falling into an old pattern where I saw a huge to-do list of things to do and felt like I needed to do everything at once. And that was stressing me out. It was not, it was sucking the fun out of the whole process. And now we're a lot more like, okay, this is a journey. This is a marathon, not a sprint. And um, it's made it so much more enjoyable. So I'm definitely celebrating that. And then other than that, we are also in the process of submitting for our, whoo, fourth TED Talk of a list of 25. Here we go. Um, I want to be really candid with you all about this experience because I heard from so many people who did TED Talks and it's just like, ah, I'm doing a TED Talk. And I put this 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 presupposition in my head that, oh, you just get asked to do one of these things. So I have to wait until around until I get asked. And uh, spoiler alert, that's so not the case. You apply, you apply, you apply, you apply, you apply, you apply, and you apply some more. And until eventually you finally get one. Now, of course, are there some people like Brene Brown, um, uh, Adam Driver, who kind of get asked to do one? Sure. Yes, absolutely. That happens. But for us mere mortals over here, we tend to need to apply. So I'm, I'm wanting to be really candid with you all about this experience because I don't want it to just be like, oh, she went from here and suddenly she's doing a TED Talk. I want you all to see the journey that we're going on for this. So we have a list of about, um, I think, 25 to 26, maybe a little bit more, whatever, places, all ranging in different days in different cities across the U.S., um, each uh, each application is a different um, process. So I have them numbered from one to three, one being like, okay, this is a few questions. I can answer these in my sleep or good. And three being a little bit more complex or complicated. And so, um, going through and compiling all the list of ones first so that I have all those answers and then I keep them all in a Google doc and then I can just plug them into the threes as we go. So I hope that made sense, but I want to be really candid with you all in this experience as we go through it, because, I want you all to see that goal setting is messy. Goal setting is throwing your nose into the pavement sometimes. And sometimes it's applying for 26 TED Talks and hoping one replies, like, you know. And I really want you all to to embrace this with your own goals. A lot of the times, spoiler alert, this is actually what my TED Talk is about. A lot of the times we put our goals on such high pedestals and we say, okay, well, I want to be um, uh, a multimillionaire CEO. Okay, great. So if I want to be a multimillionaire CEO, I'm over here making 2500 a month. Um, that is way too big of a jump. That overwhelms me. I will never be able to do that. Imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome. And then we beat ourselves up and we don't actually end up going after our goal. 
I really want to impress upon you all that it is chunking it down. It is making it simpler. It's making it smaller. And sometimes it's looking at a list of 26 places and saying, okay, what's a one? That's a one. We're going to apply to Kansas City today, wherever it is, and going from there. So don't be afraid to chunk your goal down. By the way, this is not diminishing your goal. It is not um, lowering your expectations. Oh, God, that is like one of my biggest pet peeves. It's it's making it possible for you to go after your goal. If you just look at the big, big picture thing and say, well, I'm not there yet, therefore I'm failing, you will not get to your goal. You will get to a hole in the ground and you'll feel terrible about yourself. And it won't be fun. It won't be exciting. When you chunk it down, you get to like look at the list and celebrate each of the things that you do to get you on that journey to there. So there's my little mini TED talk, if you will, teaser, ayo. But I really want to dive into today's topic of the podcast productivity because, spoiler alert, this is actually one of my favorite topics of conversation. I love the strategy behind productivity, and yet I also love so much that we all are so easily able to implement all of these little things. Now, do I recommend implementing all five of these things at once? Not necessarily, but I recommend trying one of them and seeing how it goes. Again, when we input like five different things suddenly into our schedule that are really different from what we're doing right now, sometimes it can overwhelm our habit brain so much that it actually shuts down and it will like force us to go back into our habits. Now, can you do two of these and probably not let that happen? Sure, but I do recommend doing one because set yourself up for success, friends. You're allowed to make things a little easy on yourself so that when you accomplish it, you still have energy left over and you're like, oh, wow, go me. That was really fun. I'm going to do another one rather than like, I made it to the finish line. Thank God I did it. You feel me? So before we even dive in, I want to impress upon you the fact of this. Many of us are running around like we're computers. Computers are built to run at these crazy high speeds, running multiple programs all at once over long periods of time. There's probably music coming from somewhere. There's probably a graph on another tab or whatever. Computers are designed to stay at that constant high productivity. It's because they're machines, right? But we've been now working with computers for so long that we have this presupposition in our brains that that's how we're supposed to act. And that is just so not the case. You are not made to be productive 14 hours a day. That is literally impossible. Can you do it one day? Sure. Go for it. Prove me wrong. I highly recommend it. Not really. You can do it one day for sure. But do it five days in a row, six days in a row, two weeks in a row, you're going to be burned out. And a lot of us are living life in burnout and pretending that it's normal. It is not. Burnout is not normal. And so a lot of these things are in place so that you can finish your day at three, five, six, seven, whenever you finish your day normally, and still have energy left over. Again, it's not getting to the end of the the finish line going like... (sighs) I did it. Go me. Like sp- like spraying water on yourself because you're so exhausted. If you end each day like that, what is that? Is that living? I don't think so. No way. 
If you end each day and each workday and you still have energy left over, you can pour that energy into yourself through self-care, into your family, into your uh, partner, into your friends. You can still have energy to do things that fill you up that aren't work. New Year's resolutions are here. Now, whether that fills you with excitement or total dread, did you know that 90% of New Year's resolutions fail by February? February! And that percentage only gets higher for perfectionists. You know, because all of that, all or nothing, not being productive equals I'm lazy, high expectations crap that you're so used to. Now, if you listen to this podcast, I know you're reaching for more. More goals, more stepping into your own power, more fuck yes, I'm awesome moments in your life. And of course, less perfectionism. That's why this New Year's, I don't want you to fall prey to the resolution doom. In Goal Smasher, my goal setting course specifically made for perfectionists, hi, that's you, you'll learn exactly how to clarify those big, bad, beautiful, high expectation goals that you have. You'll learn exactly how to start pursuing them without burnout, overwhelm, or procrastination. Plus, you'll learn the personal development secret sauce that turns I don't wanna into I can and I will, creating consistent motivation for yourself. P.S. This is the biggest reason why New Year's resolutions fail, and we have an entire module devoted to it. You can literally start the first lesson of Goal Smasher today. Literally, you can start diving into it right after you listen to this episode. Get your hands on Goal Smasher by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash Goal Smasher or by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. So, I want to start with the five tips that I have for being more productive. Number one, time blocking slash having a week planned out, having different times of the day, different days of the week devoted to different things. Now, I'm going to share with you what my time block looks like. But before I do, I want to tell you guys what it was like before I had this in place. I would start Monday morning. This was back when I was working either two or three jobs. I can't remember. But I would start Monday morning and I would have like, okay, I need to do the podcast this week. I need to do my Instagram. I need to do the blah, blah, blah. I need to like clients. I need to make sure I get all those client calls. I need to have the discovery calls. I need to make sure um, I, I'm applying to this. I need to make sure blah, blah, blah. And then also, by the way, there's my day job. I need to do this, 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 and this. And if I start with that as my to-do list on day one, and especially if you're the type of person like I was who saw a list of things to do and said, oh my God, they all have to get done. No! You can imagine how exhausting my weeks were. But here's why they were so exhausting. It wasn't because I was sprinting to try to finish everything, even though I was. That was definitely a piece of it. But the bigger piece was because the mental exhaustion of knowing that I wanted to do all of those things a week. And spoiler alert, writing them down on a damn to-do list did not help. I would get them out of my brain but I would still have it next to me constantly, just checking them off as I went through the week. But then I'd look at this huge to-do list as I'm typing something out and I'd get distracted. And then that little list of, or that little voice in my head would say, you're falling behind. Look at all the things you need to do. Oh my God, you haven't done any of them, even though I've done like 10 of them. You see the picture. So what this is in place to do is to give you that mental ease of knowing, okay, Wednesday is my podcast day. I'm going to do podcast stuff on Wednesday, which 
Hello, it's Wednesday. I'm doing my podcast stuff. Hello. But here's my here's how I time block. This is my structure for time blocking. And you can do this right here and now. I list out all the things that are absolute musts for me to do in a week. I'm going to go off of my full-time business schedule, but you can do this if you're part-time uh, somewhere and part-time in your business. You can do this if you're full-time somewhere and part-time in your business. You can do this if you're working at a restaurant and you're an actor. I mean, you can do this in so many different scenarios. So stay with me. I write down the things that I have to do in a week. So for me right now, that looks like write a podcast outline, record the podcast, send it over to my podcast producer and editor. Shout out to you, Ariel. You rock. Also, plan out my content for the week. Record any of my content. Edit my captions. Format my captions and make sure they're ready for my social media manager. Shout out to you, Kate. Love you, girl. Also, client calls. Having times of the day, days of the week devoted to uh, one-on-one clients. Times of the day, days of the week devoted to discovery calls for new clients. Times of the day, days of the week devoted to podcast interviews, whether I'm being interviewed or if someone's coming on my show to be interviewed. And then also times of the day, days of the week for projects. That is my most important time because project time is devoted to my weekly goals. We're going to get onto that in a second. So then what I do with each of my absolute must-haves is I plug them into my week. Now, if I have multiple must-haves in a certain category, for instance, my podcast, podcast outline, record the podcast, send it over to my podcast producer and editor, I tend to have that all in one day because I like to have my brain be like, okay, this is my podcast day. Now, you might be like, oh, you know what? This is like a little bit too big for just one day's work, so I'm going to split it up into two half days or... um. Uh, maybe it's something where it's like, oh, I can get this all done in a morning of a day. I'm going to do that. So for instance, my social media and content creation stuff, that is all Thursday morning. I finish that in just like a few hours Thursday morning, and then it's done for the week, sometimes even two weeks. But having these things blocked out makes it so much easier. So I'm going to share with you what my time block of the week looks like, and then I really urge you, if you are someone who is able to do this, now I understand if you have like a rotating schedule, like if you're a server or in the restaurant industry or in another service-based industry where you get a new schedule every week, it might, it might look a little different. But if you know you have certain days off, then saying, okay, well, on my day off, it doesn't even need to be a specific day of the week, but on my day off, okay, that's going to be devoted to um, my business. That is my business day. And from the hours of nine to four, I'm going to work on my business and that is like sacred time. What that does then is if friends call you and they're like, hey, like we're going to go to some weird thing, you should come. You can say, okay, you know what? What's more important? My goal or this one day? You know what? I really want to work on my goal right now. That's more important to me. Hey, I so appreciate it, but that's my goal day or that's my business day. And then you're able to actually make so much more progress in your business. Yes, sometimes it's going to take some sacrifices, guys. I'm sorry. I wish that we were time genies and we could have little time turners like Hermione Granger. Unfortunately, we don't. Sometimes you're going to have to make a decision. Do I want to do this or this? I decided a long time ago that going after my goals was way more important to me 
than spending time with my friends during hours of the day that I didn't even like to be awake for. Like I would be going out until three, four in the morning and I hated it. I was not happy, but I did it because that's what I thought I quote unquote should do. And that was the pattern I was stuck in, to be honest. And so finally I had to make a decision. You know what? If it's after 8 p.m., I'm sorry, I'm not doing it because this is more important to me. And that was one of the smartest decisions I ever made in my life because I started feeling so much more like me when I started making those decisions. So here's my week and what it looks like. Monday. Mondays are devoted entirely to projects. So I normally will have a goal of the week. And on Monday morning, I'll plan out what my goal of the week is. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in tip number two. So Monday is completely devoted to projects of the week. Tuesday is completely devoted to clients. I do not take any projects. I do not take any things like that during this week or during this day because if I am constantly like looking, okay, this, 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 and this, I'm not present for my clients. That is a complete client day, 100% devoted to them and discovery calls. Wednesday is podcast morning. All of my podcast stuff always happens in the morning and a project afternoon. So any project stuff that is still lingering from Monday, I do on Wednesday afternoon. Thursday morning, like I said earlier, is completely devoted to social media and content creation. Thursday afternoon is client calls and discovery calls. Then Friday is any lingering things plus any of my financial stuff that I need to take care of. So um, I always look over my QuickBooks, make sure things look good on that end, and then go through my project, make sure it's all finalized, make sure it feels good, and it's like I'm taking a step towards my goal. And then also if any lingering calls or anything weren't able to happen during the week, I'll take those on Friday as well. But typically for me, Friday is a half day or even just like a few hours of the day. It's normally pretty short. So that's what my week looks like. Does yours need to look this way? Absolutely not. Has my week changed multiple times? Good Lord Yes. It did not start off like this. It was when I was working two jobs, it was completely different. When I was working one other job, it was completely different. When I went full-time, it was completely different. Now that I'm almost a year into full-time, it also looks completely different. It's going to evolve and change, but give yourself the grace of at least time blocking these things out so that you can take that mental fatigue out of your brain. I now know starting on my Monday, that is just my project day. I don't need to worry about podcast stuff. I don't need to worry about content creation because I know that's going to later, happen later on in the week. That is just my day for projects. I hope this is making sense. Number two is kind of a piggyback off of number one, and that is, good Lord, plan out your week. So while I have time blocks on Mondays, for example, that's just my project day. If I went in and just said, okay, today is project day. What project do I work on? What do, what do I do? What, it's just a blank, empty abyss. So instead, on Monday mornings, and I know some people do this on Sunday nights or the night before their day, it's totally dependable. I like to do it the whole week of, and I like to do it Monday morning because it feels like I'm setting myself up for success. I always look at my overarching business goal, my overarching personal goal, and I write out what is a weekly goal that I can do that will get me closer to that, that overarching goal. Now, here's the deal. Weekly goal does not mean something you can do if you worked really, really hard. That would be maybe a three-week goal, but you can just do it in one week because you can work really, really hard and push yourself. No, this is a goal that will set you up for success. This is a goal I like to finish the week looking at, feeling really proud, but not feeling like, wow, I really tried or I really overexerted myself. 
That, I tried it a few times over last summer when I was working on two really big business projects. I was working on recording an audiobook and I was working on Goal Smasher. Oh boy. I was exhausted, to be honest. It was really, really hard. I did it. I'm I'm happy I did it. It's done. I will never do that again, though. <laughs> like, I will work on one project at a time. But now in my business goals, it's always really small, chunked down steps that I can do in one week. So for example, my business goal for this past week was submit to four TED Talks. That was my goal. One of my big overarching goals for my business this year is to do more speaking. That is one way that I am doing more speaking. So that is a an example of what that looks like. Then what I do is I chunk my one-week goal down into one-sitting tasks. If you've taken Goal Smasher, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But for those of you who don't, I'm going to do a mini crash course. If you want to know all about one-sitting tasks, they are a freaking lifesaver. All of it's in Goal Smasher. Link is in the show notes. You can also go to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash Goal Smasher. It's my goal-setting course for perfectionists. That is honestly just, it's a godsend. I love this thing, not just because I created it, because I've seen what it's done for people. But in the course, we talk about one-sitting tasks. It is tasks that take 90 minutes or less. Build a website, not a one-sitting task. Research three website platforms that you could host your website on and sign up for the one you like the best. That is a one-sitting task. What this does is it diminishes the overwhelm in your brain, and it sets you up for success so that you know, okay, in the next hour, 90-minute chunk, I know exactly what I'm doing. If I said okay, in the next hour, 90 minute chunk, I'm going to work on my TikTok. My brain would be like, what the, um, what the, does that mean? And then you just end up scrolling TikTok for an hour and a half. Do you see what I mean? So what I do is I take my overarching week goal and I break it down into all the one sitting tasks that go into it. Then I take all those one sitting tasks and I plug them into my week. I personally love Google Calendar. I like to be able to move things around if I absolutely have to. I like to be able to color code things. But I know people who have um, uh, physical calendars do this and like they write them out. Totally up to you. But take those one sitting tasks and plug them into your week. Again, that's so that on Monday morning, you can look at your week and say, okay, I'm not doing a whole week's worth of a goal today. I'm just doing one, two, three things. Does this make sense, guys? I really hope it does because this is huge. These are the two things that I, to be honest, I do believe are the number one, two things are the number one, you know what I mean, Um, reasons why I am a really highly productive person. I get shit done really quickly. I love doing this stuff, but it's because I've set myself up this way. It's not just because I was like, maybe she's born with it. No, it's because I've done the work to make sure my schedule reflects it. Now, this one, number three, is the reason it works not because of the structure around it, not because of how I set up my week, but because of this reason, I don't lose my damn mind and you won't either. And this number three reason is for the love of God, put your phone on do not disturb. Put your computer on do not disturb. Close out your email. Don't go on to Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. There is so much research behind this. So much research behind if you literally 
like go on to, um, let's say, for example, you're you're working on a project, you're super, super in flow, and then you go on to Facebook and then you go back to your project, it will take you on average 20 minutes to get back into that state of flow of creativity. It is a death sentence. And I'm not saying this to be dramatic. I'm saying this to be real. It is a death sentence for your creativity and for your productivity to have your email open, to have your Instagram, your Facebook, your TikTok, your whatever is open, to have your text messages be going off. I always have my computer either on do not disturb or my phone on focus mode. Now, I'm able to have certain things go through. So for example, if someone calls me that like someone specific calls me, then I know, oh crap, like I should probably answer this. For example, my fiance is on that list. If he's calling me during my workday, I know something's up and I need to answer it. My Voxer, all my client stuff is on that list. If they Vox me, I know that I want to get back to them right away just in case it's an emergency. So on and so forth. But for the love of God, please, 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 please put your phone and computer on do not disturb when you're working in your time blocks. This is, I I, I don't want to say it's a non-negotiable because that sounds really intense, but try it for a day and you'll feel like you're fucking superwoman, superhero, superman, super whatever. Like it is, it, this is the biggest game changer in my entire life is putting your phone on do not disturb and putting your computer on do not disturb. This also means I only check my email once or twice a day. Sorry about it. Like I don't I don't usually use email off like I don't usually communicate back and forth via email immediately. Um, I thought that was exhausting. This also means that when I was at my tech company I was working at, I would have Slack on Do Not Disturb if I was working on a really big heads down project. Um, what I've learned is that nothing is so urgent that I would need to get back to someone right away. And if it ever is, it is so freaking rare that it's not worth it to me having that what if in my head. So put your phone, put your computer on do not disturb. Have I beaten the horse dead? I think I should put the stick down. Okay. Number four, using your prime hours or another way to phrase this is eat the frog. What the hell does that mean? Let's talk about it. So a study was shown Um, Just recently, I can't remember where it was, maybe Stanford or Harvard. It was one of those biggie schools um, where they said that there are a certain number of hours, typically like three to four, two to four, let's say, hours of the day that we are really focused. We tend to be more gutsy. We tend to be more um, clear headed. We tend to be more focused. Now, this on average, not always, but on average for people, tends to be in the morning. For me, it's really early in the morning. I love working from like 7, 6.30 to 9. I can get so much done in that amount of time with my computer and phone on Do Not Disturb. Very important. I can get so much done during that chunk of time because my head is really clear. It's really focused. And whenever I have something that requires me to be a little bit more like out of my comfort zone, I will always put it in the first time chunk of the day. Always, 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 always. Recording the podcast tends to be in the morning because I am more clear. I am more... um articulate, if you will. Obviously, this morning, I almost fell into a window, so (laughs) it was a little bit different. I waited a little bit later in the day to do the podcast, but um, I I really want to make this really clear. A lot of the times during the day, we'll have one to two projects that are 
bigger projects. Typically, this does not include checking email or a social media site. I, I really want that to hit home. The days that I check my email first, I am noticeably more stressed. Seriously, hands down every time. Because if I check my email first thing in the morning and I get back to people, then I know that I'm going to keep my email open throughout the day because I want to hear back from them. It never does me any good ever. So my prime hours are always spent on projects, on bigger tasks, on outreach, on my TED Talks tend to be during the morning time. Like, those are those are the hours of the day that I need to be more focused. So when you look at your daily, your week, excuse me, your time blocks week, is there a way that you can make the more heavy projects in the morning? Now, if you work in a more corporate setting where you're doing a lot of meetings and stuff like that, is there a way that you can make your meetings not during your prime hours? Prime hours are more for that heavy heads down focus time. You, when typically, not always, but a lot of people, when they are talking with someone else, they tend to really be in the same energy as them. And you're able to get a little bit more energized easier because you're talking to another human. When you are working on a project solo, though, it tends to be a little bit harder to keep your energy up. So if like, for instance, your prime hours are in the morning and you try to do a really heavy heads down project at like two in the afternoon, it can feel a lot more sluggish. You can feel a lot more cloudy, a lot more like, oh my God, how long is this going to take? So I recommend doing those things in the morning. That is a huge one for whenever I'm doing anything, again, outside of my comfort zone. Those are always in the morning because you tend to not have talked yourself out of them yet. Little fun, fun mindset hack, if you will. And last but not least, number five, water and exercise. You might not have thought that these are going to be on this list, but they definitely are. There is a study done at the Yukon Human Performance Laboratory that stated dehydration negatively affects concentration, reaction time, memory, mood, and can cause headaches and fatigue. You can imagine how when it comes to productivity, all these things don't go in the same category as dehydration, right? We really want to make sure we stay hydrated. We want to make sure our brain has all the good juices and fluids that it needs to work for us. I like to almost picture it like this. Our brain is like our best friend. Our brain is not something we have to fight against or be like, push harder, damn it. Like, no, we want to nourish our brain. It's like a little puppy dog that we just picked up from the from the place that we get puppy dogs. I've never had a dog before. Um, but we get the puppy dog, we nourish it, we keep an eye on it, we make sure it's always fed and watered and taken care of, we give it pets. When we do that to the puppy dog, it tends to like to work for us a lot more. It tends to like to be our best friend and snuggle us and make sure we feel loved and taken care of and safe and it defends us in the park if we see another dog that's angry. I don't know where this metaphor is going, but I hope you guys are seeing what I mean. You don't have to like punish your brain or think like you don't have to like you can push through this math work with it. Like you're allowed to work with your brain. I will, it never ceases to amaze me how often people are like, well, isn't that like weakness? And it's like, no. And I was so one of those people. I didn't qualify it like consciously as weakness, but subconsciously I was like, if I 
take a moment during the day because I need a glass of water. That's like weakness and I have to just push through it in my mindset. Dumb. That was dumb. It's not real. You're allowed to work with your brain. So make sure it's hydrated. Make sure it is taken care of. It is saying nice things to yourself in the mirror and exercise. There's so many studies done around how exercise, whoa, exercise and mental health are so two in the same. And this can be anything from yoga to running to Pilates to weightlifting. If you're my friend Kiana, who literally weightlifts like six hours a day, it's not six hours, but she weightlifts a whole lot. And she is like one of the most mentally strong people I've ever met in my entire life. Now, are those two things correlated? No, she's done a lot of personal development and a lot of work on herself. But um, th- th- it doesn't hurt. Like this is so, this stuff is so important. Um, you all know if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I love running. Running is my way of doing that mental strength. It's my way of doing my like um, mental exercise during the day too, especially if I'm running like a marathon or if I'm doing a sprint triathlon or something like that. I love doing that kind of stuff because it challenges my mind, but it also engages it. Now, unfortunately, I haven't been able to run in a while. I did just do my first run of 2022. <laughs> Thanks, COVID. Um, in a few days ago, and it was honestly hilarious. It was so terrible, and I loved it. Like it was so bad. I oh god, oh I love bad runs. They make me so happy because I've trained myself to love them. Because what's the other alternative? Hate them and hate yourself? No, thank you. I'm gonna love them. Um, so I. It's so important to exercise and water your brain. Like those those two things are really really heavy in productivity as well. Like. It's not just all strategy. It's not just all like fixing your calendar and all this kind of stuff. It's also fueling your body. And because your body is like getting on the miracle train again, but like your body is your instrument when it comes to productivity. It's your mind, it's your heart rate, it's your um, blood flow, it's all these different things. And if we're not taking care of our body, how can we? demand this level of productivity of it? Honestly, this is a huge reason why people suffer from burnout is because there's a huge burnout cycle. It's 12 steps of burnout. Um, I have an entire podcast episode devoted to it. If you want to hear it, it's I think it's just called burnout. Um, But the three, the top three steps I tend to see most often, and it's high ambition, getting really, really excited, pushing yourself harder, neglecting your needs. It's those three things. High, high ambition, pushing yourself harder, neglecting your own needs. Pushing yourself harder and neglecting your own needs are literally saying a big F you to your body. Take care of it. It's allowed to have 30 minutes a day for some good old-fashioned exercise. It's allowed to have a few breaks in the day to go fill up a glass of water so you make sure you're getting the amount of water you need, which by the way, for those of you who like numbers like I do, take your body weight divided by two. Not like, like take your body weight in pounds divided by two and Ditch the pounds, add in ounces. Now, this does not mean convert the pounds into ounces. It literally means if I am, um, I'm going to do really easy math. If I'm 100 pounds, I'm not. That's a fucking lie. But if I'm 100 pounds, then I would take that divided by two, 50 pounds. Okay, ditch the pounds, turn it to ounces. I would want to drink 50 ounces of water a day. Now, that is a really good number. I've heard also when someone, someone heard a, a podcast episode where I talked about water, And they were like, well, but doesn't that mean you have to pee all the time? Wouldn't that disrupt your productivity? Like, wouldn't that disrupt your workday? 
Yes, you do have to pee all the time. That's kind of the point. You have to flush all that gunk and ick out of your body. And we do that mainly through water. It's not the only thing, but mainly through water. That's kind of the whole point. Also, if you're worried about interrupting your productivity with a pee break, we have a much bigger issue here. That is a releasing control, my friend. You gotta, you gotta pee during the day. Okay, stepping off my, my, my biology high horse. Now, friends, those are my five tips for productivity. However, I'm throwing in a bonus sixth tip, and it's actually not a tip. This is a rule. A hardcore must happen rule that a lot of people are not following. You have to take breaks. Period. Productivity is not all about focus and making sure you get shit done. If you do not take breaks, your brain, like with the computer example, your brain is not meant to. F- do that. It's going to burn out. It's going to feel exhausted. You're going to get to the end of the day and feel like you're at depletion level zero, which is not living. You have to take breaks. Here's a good little rule of thumb. For every 90 minutes of hardcore focus, take five minutes. Five minutes of effective breaks. Big rule on here. Effective breaks are not looking at a screen. I had someone one time saying, okay, I'm taking a break. You know, I'm just checking my email. No, like that is not taking a break. Taking a break is not email. It is not social media. It's not scrolling through Instagram or TikTok. It is not getting on your phone. Put your phone actually away. Sometimes when I'm doing a break, I'll even put my phone in my office and I'll go out and grab some water. Hey, look at that. Nourishing my brain. Go out and I'll grab some water and I'll, I'll go stand out on the porch for a second and I will take in some deep breaths, get some fresh air, slow my mind down because then it's not like go, go like throughout the whole day because again, that leaves you at depletion level zero. I give myself a minute to take a breath. I sometimes I've seen people like do yoga. I know even yoga with Adrian, I think has a few like five minutes or less yoga exercises throughout the day. Um, dance breaks are another big one. Um, There is actually a study, going back to the email social media thing, there was a study done at University of Illinois and George Mason that found that reading websites like Facebook, Instagram, and checking your email taxes many of the same mental processes as we do when we're working, which actually makes mental fatigue worse. So if you take a break and you're scrolling through your email or Instagram or Facebook or whatever, whatever, then you're actually making your fatigue worse. So there, there's your why. Don't do it. It's not, there's nothing on those apps that need to happen right now, please. So take a break, grab some water, do some yoga, go outside, go on a walk. If you're like me who lives in Colorado and we just got a literal, no joke, foot of snow, go stand on the porch and take some deep breaths. Snow smells great. I don't know if you guys knew that. It smells fantastic. But um, even doing like a dance party or um, some quick stretches. I sometimes will just like lay down on the ground and do some stretches. There's a, um, a company, I think it's a company. I think there's also a guy who started it who's, who's named after the company or who's, who named the company after him. It's called Agoscu, but it's all these different stretches that help with posture, that help with your, um, your balance and like all these different things. So um, I think the book is called Pain-Free 
by something Agoscu. I don't remember his first name, but I those exercises are great. They're all over YouTube. Um, highly recommend checking those out if you want to just like check your posture for a few seconds and blow your mind a bit. They're really, really cool. Lots of science in there. So whew, I'm going to get off my high horse. By the way, that last one, it is non-negotiable. I think I said that, but I'm going to say it again. Breaks are non-negotiable, my friends. Non-negotiable. Okay. Now, if you are looking to be more productive with your goals, there were enough of you who um, who threw this into the submissions for podcast episode topics that I really want to speak to you all for a second and those of you who even didn't who would still fall into this category. If you're wanting to be more productive towards going after your goals, I cannot recommend enough my course Goal Smasher. It is like this podcast on freaking steroids, but it's all focused on your one goal that you're going after right now. I I truly cannot recommend this course enough, not because I made it, not because of whatever, but because I've seen what this course does for people. I've seen the magic it has created for people. I've seen the mindset and the confidence shift it has given people because they stayed true to something for sometimes the first thing in their life. Some people were major procrastinators and then they took this course and they were like, oh my God, wait a second. I can actually like follow through on something and do my goal all the way through to the end. And the confidence boost that came from that was insane and so beautiful. And they actually ended up becoming more productive towards future goals in the end, by the way. Super cool fun fact. Once you do one thing full through all the way to the end, your brain starts to look at that as like, ooh, if I can do that once, let me do it again and do it with something bigger, something weirder, something more whatever. I cannot recommend this goal setting course enough for those of you who are struggling with this. Seriously, this stuff is so important to master and utilize. Again, you're allowed to work with your body and this course is all about working with your brain in the way that makes it feel more motivated in the way that diminishes overwhelm and burnout and the way that actually makes your goal so incredibly crystal clear that that whole like, I don't know, what should I do? I don't know if it's this. I don't know if it's that. Sometimes I hear from people who are like, "Um, my goal is to be healthy, but I can't figure out why I haven't like started it yet or I can't figure out why I can't stay committed to it. Your reason is because your goal isn't clear enough. And we go all through that in the course. So anyway, if you want to check out the course, it is all on lifecoachbaker.com forward slash goal smasher. You can also click the link in the show notes and learn more about it. But I just, I really and truly cannot recommend it enough. Again, not because I made it, not because of it's my technique or whatever, but because I've seen what it does for people and that confidence and productivity boost it gives to people. So anyway, check it out. It's a really good course. You guys, thank you so much for being here. If you have any thoughts, questions about this stuff, feel free to hit me up. I'm happy to chat about this stuff and make things a little bit more personal for you. Go ahead and send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email at hello at lifecoachbaker.com and I'm happy to talk more about this stuff. Also, please, 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 not just with this podcast, but with every podcast you listen to. If you enjoy the show, Go into iTunes and hit that five-star button. Write a little love note in that review section. It is so helpful for helping other people to find the show. I cannot express this enough how beneficial this is, not just for this podcast, but for every podcast you listen to. I love you guys so much, and I hope you have an amazing day. Go kick some productivity ass. I love you guys. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Don't forget to check out Goal Smasher, my step-by-step technique to help you set clear goals, create an overwhelm-free plan, and learn the secret for keeping your motivation consistent and high. Check it out by going to the link in the show notes or by searching lifecoachbaker.com forward slash goal smasher. Also take a moment to rate the podcast and write a review. It is the best way to get the word out there. Plus you'll get the chance of having your review read on the show. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.